I can be what it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. All right, Psalms 91. Psalms 91. We're part two of solitude. If there's any really smart people in here, I'm going to mess these up. So just nod and smile and don't make fun of me. But you heard me say before that way, everybody's a mental case. Like if you technically speaking that everyone's got some mental health issue, it's called sin, basically. But here's here's some for you that are 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 different variations but have to some extent the same they're in the same family if you will autophobia insophobia aromophobia monophobia and this is this is a new one you might be able to figure out what the phobia is it's called no phone phobia n o m o p h o b i a but still no phone Phobia, which obviously is the fear of not having your phone. That's kind of, it's look it up. It, it's now it's now a mental health thing. You don't know what to do with your phone. But basically, all of these describe a psychological condition when people have a fear of isolation, being alone, or now detached from connectivity. You will not believe this is this is not new. This is several years old. Who knows what they have now? But uh, remember when, when the people would always, in, in, to some extent, it's probably, now they got both ears. But remember when they had that one thing sticking in their ear? I had one. It's called a Bluetooth headset. They always had that one thing sticking in your ear. And you're like walking through the mall or the store, and they're like talking to you, and you're like, you know, when they turn their head and you see it, you know. Did you know that they made one that you could use in the shower? It was waterproof. And you could use this Bluetooth headset in the shower. And I'm thinking to myself, now, yeah, when you know you're, you're you know, on deputation driving around, uh, they were convenient. But listen, I didn't want one when I was in the shower. To me, that was a little bit too connected. You know, if, if I need to make a business deal while I'm in the shower, uh, there's something wrong. But listen, there's people, and we talked about it the other week. You know, especially, and I'm not picking on anybody, but, you know, teenage and then girls, you know, they're, they're glued to that thing. You know, they, listen, and it, it's nothing new. I've realized with technology, it's becoming more of a thing. But I went to college with someone, and you girls, you won't believe this, but I don't know if you guys, if you ever saw one of these or not. It was when cell phones first came out, and they flipped open. I'm being funny, anyway. While she's driving, okay, this was before you couldn't text and drive, okay. While she was driving, she would be texting, and she wouldn't look at the phone. She'd be with her thumb. And then she'd set it on the dashboard and let the phone catch up. That's how fast she could text on one of those old phones where you know you gotta hit the button three times to get the right letter sometimes. My goodness. I I was never that good at texting. But no, we the fear of being detached. The fear of being isolated. Our lifestyle, and it's getting worse and worse 
every year. We talked about it last week, how the, the, average, the average person spends now almost three hours a day on social media. You say, what do you do? Just imagine what you could do with that extra three hours a day. You say, Debbie knows exactly what to do with those extra three hours a day. You can get a lot done. Our lifestyle leaves no time. Our society for what our souls need most. And solitude is creating quiet for your soul to know and to be known by God. I know we said that last week, so some of this is review. As humans, we feel. And because we feel, we are wired to avoid pain. We don't like pain. Listen, I... I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I had a shot. Like I just, you ain't, you ain't sticking me with a needle. It just isn't happening. I, I know I had it when I was a baby, but in my conscious memory, I don't remember the last time I got stuck with a needle. It ain't happening. It just isn't. COVID test. You ain't shoving a Q-tip up my nose and scratching my brain. It is not happening. You can forget about it. Why? Because it's, it's not comfy. Doesn't sound comfy, at least. Maybe it's not as bad as I'm imagining. I know some of you have had them, but I just I can't imagine shoving a Q-tip up my nose so you can scratch my brain. No, it ain't happening. But why? Because we're wired to avoid pain. Clayton, for whatever reason, is getting into boxing and, and wrestling. Can I tell you all a secret? Why most people aren't good when it comes to fighting? You're afraid of getting hurt. Most people. Don't do good in a fight because they're afraid to get hurt. Can I tell you something? When you get in a fight, you're going to get hurt. It's just you're going to get hurt. When you get that out of your mind, you'd be surprised how good you are when you realize that, yes, I'm going to get hurt, but I'm going to hurt the other guy worse. And that, that fear is gone. But as human beings, we're wired to avoid pain. You guys know that I'm a, a, a strange person. I don't, I, I have never, I've never slept well when I'm the only person in the house, in the room. Because when I sleep, I'm a very sound sleeper. When I was in Alaska, the camp as a teenager, the alarm clock was a 12-gauge shotgun going off in the morning. And listen, I never heard it. I was there for three months. I never heard it one time. When I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. And so I'm constantly paranoid. What happens if I'm sleeping and someone breaks in the house? I ain't never going to hear them. It ain't. I'm just not. So then I work myself up, and, and so I don't sleep because what if someone breaks into the house? But here's the really, really weird thing. Although I do sleep better, I still don't sleep that good when other people are in the house because then I got Kendra to worry about and the kids to worry about. And I know that I, I sound a sound sleeper. What happens if someone breaks into the house? One of, one of the first things I told Kendra was like, listen, when I'm sleeping, don't wake me up. 
she she broke that rule about two months in, and she learned her lesson. And, and that's a completely different story I can tell you about later. All I know is she threw me off the bed onto the floor. And, and, and anyway, that's we'll tell you after church. We need solitude. We need rest. We need relaxation. Someone, I forgot who it was. They were like, you got to change the clock. It's time change Sunday. Can I tell you a, a, a secret? I know the clock's back there, and obviously I'm bringing attention to it, so I look at it. But most of the time, I don't even look at the clock. I have no idea what time it is. How many of you It's a good thing that it was during... COVID, when we were all, you know, doing online church, and so, but I remember, uh, you know, Kendra's like texting me, and I'm not getting text messages, and I, do you remember that, that sermon online where I preached for over an hour? You want to know why that happened? Because I'm not looking at the clock. That's why sometimes it's 20 minutes, sometimes it's an hour. Because I can care less about the clock. Obviously, I'm surrounded by people, but I solitude. It's just me and God. That's all it is. You, you guys can make funny faces at me. And you, again, ask Kendra. She's probably always makes faces at me. And I find out about it after church that I said something or did something or I don't know. Oblivious. Listen, you've got to find your secret place. Psalms 91 verse number one. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, and I realize that that was a different lengthy introduction review. Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us this morning on this icy day. Kind of took us by surprise a little bit. Wasn't expecting it, but you're in control. Just pray that you'd speak to us, Lord, that we'd be encouraged and we'd be edified. We ask these things, your name. Amen. Well, to some extent, we've all seen this scenario where, you know, the, the little brother or the little kid or the, you know, kitten or puppy or whatever, it's a, it's a cartoon. But to some extent, he's getting picked on all the time. He gets advice and gets counsel, and finally he's had enough of it. And so he's going to stand up to the big bad bully or bully. You know, 3 o'clock after school, meet you, you know, by the dump, dumpster, you know, whatever. And unbeknownst to that little kid, his big brother sneaks in behind him and is there standing while he confronts the bullies. Now, the bullies can see it. And so the bullies walk away, and the little kid's like, Yeah! He that abideth in the secret place, underneath the shadow of the Almighty. In my mind, that's what I see. Clayton, come here for a second. Do your thing. 
You're there in Psalms. Flip over to Psalms chapter number 46. He's going to work out while I preach. I told you that he was into boxing. Don't overdo it, though. Don't hurt yourself. Verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will exalt among the heathen. I will be exalted in all the earth. 1 Kings chapter number 17. 1 Kings chapter number 17, verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, according to my word. And we're, we're all familiar with the story of what happened there, where he said, it ain't going to rain. And for three years, there was not a drop of precipitation. Flip over to chapter number 19, verse number 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by morrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him, and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And did he eat and drank and laid him down again, and the angel of the Lord came unto him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because thy journey is too great for thee. He arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. I want us to remember that phrase, because the journey is too great for thee. Verse number nine. And he came there unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What, dost, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said unto him, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And before the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but well, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out. And stood in the entering end of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What thou doest here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel has forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altar, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. And they seek to take my life, to take it away. Resting in solitude allows our soul to catch up. 
Remember, all the way back in Genesis chapter number 1, we are a soul with a spirit and a body. Listen, it's important for us to remember to get things in the proper perspective. You're not a body with a spirit and soul. And you're not a spirit with a body and a soul. You are a soul. That's why all throughout Scripture, thy soul shall be required of thee. It doesn't say your spirit. It doesn't say your body. It says that your soul will be required of thee. That's why when you get saved, you ask God to save. Well, Lord, you know, save my spirit. No. <coughs> save my body. No, what? Save your soul. Why? Because that's what we are. We are a soul. And you can get a lot of physical rest and not get any soul rest. And listen, you can get spiritual rest and not get any soul rest. Waiting in solitude allows for soul care. And feeling gives us the courage to name our emotions. Solitude is not a private therapeutic place necessarily. It is a place of conversation, the place where the old self dies and the new self is born. In solitude, I get rid of my fill-in-the-blank, whatever it is, my worries, my cares, my anxieties, my stress. Listen, there's no friends to talk to. Listen, Elijah left his servant there. How many times did Jesus say, I'm going to go into the mountain alone? Listen, there are no friends there. And listen, again, we talked about it last week. Solitude is a temporary thing, but sometimes you need it. You can't live there all the time, but listen, there are no friends to talk to. There's no telephone calls to make. There's no meetings to attend. There's no music to entertain. I posted it this week, to things, a list of things that just, they're kind of funny, but truthful at the same time. Things to teach your sons and one of the things is this. If you need a, a music at the beach, you're missing the point. I realize that's kind of funny, but it's truthful. Listen, if you need your Bluetooth portable boombox at the beach, you're missing the point. Listen, when you're in solitude, there's no music to entertain you. Listen, there's no books to distract you. Listen, knowledge is power. You guys know me. I say that all the time. But listen, when you're in solitude, there's no books to distract us. What it leaves is just us vulnerable, weak, sinful, deprived, broken. Nothing. We are nothing. And it is in this nothingness when we face in solitude, so dreadful that everything in us wants to run. Run to our friends, run to our work, run to any distraction so that we can forget our nothingness and make us believe that we're something. Solitude positions us to hear from God. Look at verse number 13. And it was so when Elijah heard it. Look at verse number 18. Perspective. Solitude changes our heart. Yet I have left 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, 
and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Listen, it changes our perspective. Solitude does. Are you tired yet? No. You need to be. You can go sit down. I can't do it. In solitude, we can, life wants us to just do this all the time. Do it all the time. I wish we had heavier weights, but this is all I could get. That's fine. Listen, if the weights are too heavy for you, if the battle is too big for you, then let me say, in the Christian life, there's going to be times when it's, it's, it's too heavy for you. This idea that God's going to put something on you that, no, God will put more on you than you can bear. But can I tell you, it's not your burden. It's not your burden. If the battle's too big for you, you're like, I can't face that. I can't handle that. Guess what? It's not your battle. Solitude is this. Getting alone with God so you can hear God because God's going to tell you something. And this is what he's going to tell you. I want my battle back. I want my back. I want my burden back. It's not yours. Why are, you, why are you taking something that isn't supposed to be yours? It's too big for you. You can't handle it. I told you last week, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Listen, there are things in life that we can't handle. We were never supposed to handle. For some reason, we decide that well, we're going to, because we're big and strong and tough, and no, we're, we're nothing. We are nothing. And God's looking at us and says, you're never supposed to take that. Was it, it was never yours. I want, I want it back. Listen, I got big shoulders. God's sake, I got big shoulders. I can handle it. You can't. You're not ready for it. I want my battle back. And it's there in the solitude place. Listen, you, you hear me say it all the time. If God can't do it, no one can do it. What are you trying to do in your life that you're not supposed to do? No, I'm not saying that God won't allow you to do it. But you're not supposed to do it without Him. And you're trying to live your life without Him. Not that you can lose your salvation, but that's living like a lost person. Trying to live your life. Try. Listen, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how. How in the world? Listen, listen I, I I know I had I had weird thoughts. I had a weird thought this week. I shared it with with a couple people. I shared it with Kendra. What are we going to do when we found out find out that Zelensky is the Antichrist? I'm dead. I am dead serious. I keep waiting for the news. He's survived over a dozen 
assassination attempts. I keep waiting for one to say, Zelensky has head injury and lives. I'm dead serious. I keep waiting for it. I, I'm not saying he is. I'm idea <laughs> if he is or not. How do you how do you live without knowing that through life everything that's going on? How do you pay? I mean, California's getting close to eight bucks a gallon for gas. You think it's bad here? Go move to California. How do you how do you do it? How do they do it without God? Because it's bigger than here. It's bigger than they are. I mean. But how do Christians do it? Just one service a week. You're, you're taking something that is not supposed to be yours and you're trying to do it on your own. And listen, you're going to fail flat on your face. And God's just simply saying, I want my best back. It's not yours. And you can't hear them because you're too busy. You're too busy fighting that battle that isn't yours to fight in the beginning. And you need to get in the secret place. Because when you dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, it's there where we realize it's His all along. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning and we're thankful that you allowed us to gather